Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. Yes, just over 50 years of generating electricity for Australia. Liddell Power Station in Musselbrook in the state of New South Wales will close down in April. And when that happens, rooftop solar will overtake coal as the largest possible provider of Australian energy. How about that? There are now 20 gigawatts worth of solar panels on Australian roofs. That's enough to power around 15 million homes. And there's much more potential for further expansion of rooftop and domestic solar across Australia. But working out what's best for your place is not easy. How big an array of panels is needed these days? And should you get a battery or not? What happens to solar panels when they wear out? Do they wear out? Would the neighbourhood battery schemes you sometimes hear about provide a better solution than everyone rushing off and buying a home battery? And for that matter, are there enough materials in the world or in Australia for us all to have a home battery? That's a question, isn't it? And what is a sun tax that might be brought to uh, bear soon, where you're charged for the solar power you export for you from your roof rather than getting paid for it? Finn Peacock is the founder of Solar Quotes. He's the author of The Good Solar Guide. He's an electrical engineer with a lot of expertise in rooftop solar. He's been on the program before. He joins us again to answer all your questions. Finn, good evening. Welcome back. Good evening, Philip. Thanks for having me back. Great to have you back with us too. Uh, just keep, just kicking off again on these numbers, that's an extraordinary thing, isn't it? When Liddell closes, rooftop solar will overtake coal as the biggest provider of electricity in Australia. Well, I'd, I'd just like to clarify something there because I've seen a lot of confusion around uh, this report today. Um, so it's true that solar will breach, rooftop solar will go over 20 gigawatts of generating capacity. And when Lidl closes, there'll be, I think, slightly under 20 gigawatts of coal generating capacity. Mm. But that doesn't mean that there will be more electricity generated from solar than coal. And that's, that's because of the way we size solar systems versus coal systems. So um, there's a thing called capacity factor. So to cut a long story short, 20 gigawatts of solar in Australia will produce about one sixth of the energy in a year than 20 gigawatts of coal will. Okay. So we're, we're still generating about six times more electricity from coal than solar, which makes me sad, but we're growing at a hell of a pace and um, the mm. coal will go at some point. Glad you cleared that up. How many <laughs> homes now have s- rooftop panels? I'm told nearly a third. Nearly a third, yes. I think, um, although I also suspect that um, thinking about that number, that might be an overestimate because I suspect, and I'll have to look into this, that we're double counting when people buy two solar systems for one house or when mm-hmm. they upgrade solar. So it's around about a third, probably a little less, I think. But yeah, it's, it's still phenomenal. It's still world beating. When you say world beating, where, where are we in, in, in the world stakes? We love, we love competing, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Last time I checked, I think we were just getting pipped at the post by Denmark, but we're either at the top or just behind Denmark. Mm. Okay, it's a lot. Okay, power bills are up. There are talk of more rises on the way. Is this pushing people to get more panels on the roof or not? Yes, absolutely. Every time the media talks about um, power bills going up and you know the energy crisis in inverted commas, um, our website traffic goes through the roof and mm. calls to our team. Yeah, it goes crazy. So people's bills go up. They see a solution there as solar and batteries, uh, you know, sometimes with batteries. And, yeah, it's the solar industry is very busy right now. Sell it to me 
uh, in brief terms here, Finn, why should we put solar panels on your roof? You should put solar panels on your roof because then you are generating a big chunk of the electricity you use in your home. And once you've bought the panels, you've got you've got a fixed cost of electricity for the life of those panels, which should be 30 plus years. So you're buying a lot of certainty. You should also do it because it's pretty much the lowest carbon form of generation you can you can get. So um, the world needs as much of that as it can as quickly as possible. And you're you're taking control of of your home's energy needs or a lot of them. If you get a battery as well, then you can take control of probably 95% mm. of your energy needs. If you're with solar, um, you may t- be generating 40% of the energy you use and exporting the rest for a feed-in tariff. If you put panels on your roof, do you pay electricity bills anymore? It depends. Most people who get solar will still get... They'll either get a negative or a s- small bill. Um, it depends where you are. It's getting give harder. Us some, give us some ballpark on that, like how small is the bill? Uh, well, it, depends, it depends on three variables. It depends on um, how much sun hits your roof. So that depends where you are in Australia. It depends on what your electricity tariffs are for buying and selling electricity. And it depends on when you use your energy. So if you're a... Uh, well, most, couple, most people are the same, though, aren't they? they oh, no, well, wildly different. Are, you, are we wildly different? We, we wake up in the morning, we make breakfast, we have a shower. Well, we, we, lots of us go to work. <laughs> And then we come home again. I mean, we watch TV. Uh, so a, a frugal retired couple mm. um, in a house will use uh, most of their electricity during the day. They can quite easily get a negative bill in most parts of Australia with a standard 6.6 kilowatt system. Mm-hmm. A family of five with a pool and big air conditioning and, you know, maybe the kids are all at school most days and the, fa- the families, the adults are out working most days. That's harder to get the bills down to zero or negative because... Um, You can't use solar to directly offset electricity once the sun's gone down. Um, But if you're getting a reasonable speeding tariff, you can certainly um, reduce your bills by 40, 50, 60% with solar alone. Mm -hmm. And then to get the rest, um, you're probably looking at a battery. But it's reasonable to say if you put panels on the roof, then the minimum you could expect would be halving your electricity bill. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you get a nice big system and you're smart about how you use your energy. So you've got lots of options. The trick is to move as much energy consumption into sunlight hours as possible. So you pre-cool your house, you put your um, a delay start on your washing machine, on your dishwasher, you run your pool during the day if you've got one. Um, and now we're talking about electric cars. If you can, you charge your car during the day as well. Mm. All right. Just a couple of quick ones, and then we'll get into some calls. What's the sweet spot there? There's, I mean, because I presume you could cover your house with panels in theory, but what, what, what's the sweet spot, and what does it cost? Well, the advice I give people, and I try really hard not to sound like a, a solar salesman. No, no, that's all right. Is, that's is, what we need in a way. But go on. <laughs> is fill your roof, fill your north, west, and east-facing um, roof with solar if you can the first time you do it. We get lots of. Um, we hear from lots of people that regret putting too few panels on. I've, n- hand on heart, never heard of someone complaining that they've got too much solar. And the benefit of having a large solar system is that you will have too much energy in summer, probably, but you will have just enough usually in winter and, and on overcast days um, to 
um, you know, happily get those bills down. And you'll also have much more power at the beginning and the end of the day because the solar curve will go up much quicker. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's a good idea to fill your reef with solar when you get solar is we've still got the solar rebate and that pretty much covers the hardware cost of every panel. So by the time the solar installation company has rolled the truck with a team of guys and they're on your roof, um, every extra panel you get, the hardware cost is generally covered by the solar rebate and you're just paying for a bit of extra labour, a bit of extra racking and a slightly larger inverter. So those extra kilowatts are very cost effective. My neighbours uh, have got it done, it seems to be done in a day. Uh, yep. well, so if it's done in a day, what does it cost? Uh, so you're generally talking about $1,000 or slightly over per kilowatt of solar installed. So 10 kilowatt system. 10 grand. 10 grand plus or minus, yeah. Mm. What do you what what do you recommend for an optimal what well I'm you know I'm, I'm, I mean what's the sweet spot here ten kilowatts I, re- I recommend I recommend about ten kilowatts mm-hmm. um, unless you're a um, you know a couple that is very frugal with your electricity if you're a family if you're a typical Aussie home ten kilowatts in most parts of Australia is going to give you bags of energy over autumn and spring and summer and a really good amount of energy over winter and when you get that electric car which is you know, almost certain in the next few years, in my opinion, you'll have lots of excess energy to charge that car. And when you get an electric car, your electricity usage can typically double. So um, bear that in mind. Mm. All right. Uh, Finn Peacock's with us. Um, he's the founder of Solar Quotes and author of The Good Solar Guide, which is a great spot if you want to get started on answering questions. But he's here tonight and he can answer your questions directly. Colin from Ballarat. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Um, I'm just looking at replacing panels. I've currently got a, uh, a system that was installed in 2010, and uh, the, the panels are sort of getting towards the, the lower end of their life, so to speak. I've, I've been told so far that only uh, what companies can do is actually just put in another system, which is inverter and everything, and that cannot be connected to the grid. But I'm, uh, I'm just wondering, can I just replace the panels and I'm on the good feed-in tariff. I'm sitting on that the old 66 cents a kilowatt hour up until 2027. Okay, so you're in an interesting situation. You've got to be if you don't want to lose that premium, that super premium feed-in tariff. Um, I the rules, don't know. yeah, the rules around what you can do are um, really quite strict. So it's all about replacing like with like. So if you replace the whole system, you, I think, you will lose that premium feed-in tariff. I think. Uh, I'll, I'll double check this, but I think if you just replace the panels, if um, which you may or may not be able to do depending on the inverter, you should be okay as long as you don't go over the original capacity. But double check, double check that with your installer, um, yep. because the rules they are quite strict. But just ring up your retailer or even better, your distributed network service provider that's your local electricity network and get them to confirm before you do it. There can be issues with modern panels into 10-year-old inverters, um, but your good installer will be able to navigate that for you. Okay, but if, right, if, you right, go, if you go over, if you go over the existing capacity, though, I'm fairly sure you lose that feed-in tariff. So. Hmm. Yeah, and look, I don't really want two systems on there, to be honest, um, two inverters and one sitting there doing basically, yeah, Okay. okay. So the, right. Yeah, the advice you got about not connecting to the grid, I think, yeah, if if the system's not connected to the grid, it can't affect your feed-in tariff. But that starts to get quite complicated because you have part of your house off the grid. 
Um, and I, I wouldn't recommend that. It's, it's, fair. it's, it's just going to make life complicated. Thanks, Colin. By one three hundred eight hundred triple two calls. This is Finn Peacock with us, author of the Good Solar Guide. Any questions on rooftop solar installations, and batteries, and uh, EVs, and all of that? Dave from Canberra. Hi, Dave. Ah, good evening. Um, so my, I guess my question relates to almost something in your last call, but also a comment you made that lifespan is about thirty years. I yep. thought it was more like 10. Uh, is the 30-year estimate uh, a reflection of m- more recent technology? And uh, do you know anything about uh, recycling of panels and any of the schemes that are in the pipeline at the moment? So the 30-year, yeah, great question. The 30 years comes from the fact that pretty much all solar panels sold in Australia now come with at least a 25-year performance warranty. Mm-hmm. So the manufacturers are saying they're confident they're going to last 25 years um so that's where the 30 years comes from and that has improved a lot over the last 10 years 10 years ago the previous caller um colin he was probably getting a 10-year warranty on his panels um, even though they might have lasted longer yeah, yeah. um but they're up to up to 25 year warranty so now you get now. a 25 year warranty on it yeah on the panels yeah the inverters are generally five to ten years so right. you may have to replace the inverter in that time um the other question is the recycling um that's coming along leaps and bounds I we're not there yet where we've got um, the perfect solution, which is you can take a solar panel, recycle it, use all the old components to make a new solar panel. Unfortunately, what they do at the moment is they the most valuable um, part of a solar panel, I believe, is the aluminium frame, which is very easy to rip off. So they pull that off and they stick that in with the aluminium recycling. Um, and then the rest of it goes through a grinder and it gets ground down into um kind of granular powder and i have been told that they have developed ways to um, extract the constituent parts out of that kind of powder um so it's coming along but it's still it's yeah it's the recycling of solar panels is not perfect but um the good news is that they're not really going into landfill anymore Hmm, okay uh and from karina we've answered your question i guess how long will panels last uh, no, but what happens to them? You know, the ugliest part of Australia I have seen is Lee Creek coal, you know, a coal mine out of um, whatever in South Australia. What happens to all these panels? Where are they going to go when they can't be recycled? Well, I think it's worth you probably, so the, answer, you probably answered that question, haven't you? Yeah, they get, gra- they get ground up and the uh, constituent parts get reused or they... Mm. Um, yeah, so the aluminium definitely gets recycled and the rest of it. Once you take the frame off a solar panel, they're actually very thin. Hmm. They're less than about five millimetres, so they take up very little space. Um, but that's even that's not a problem because now they're just ground up into a dust. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, Mark from Baker's Creek. G'day, Mark. G'day, Phil. Yeah, hi. Uh, Finn, uh, the, the batteries that they're making in Fairfield, have you heard of them? Uh, no, I haven't. What are they called? Fairfield, New South Wales. they they, uh, the first lot apparently were all sent over to Spain. Okay. And they're, they're these are ha- batteries for houses, are they, Mark? Uh, the, the, these are batteries for for you know for your standalone power. Right. Um, they're, you're not your, they're not your typical lead acid battery. They're they're a new technology. The 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 Labor government um, went there as a big special thing with uh, as a, a solar initiative. So I was just more interested to see how they're getting on because I rang them and tried to buy some batteries and they said they're not going to be available until mm. probably around now. 
Okay. All right. Now, let, let's put actually, Finn. Let's talk about batteries. Given that yep. Mark's raised the matter, so the, basically to explain, the panels on your roof feed electricity back into the grid, don't, don't they? Yes. The panels on your roof. The first thing they'll do is they'll try and satisfy your house's demand yep. for electricity. If you're generating more solar power than your house can use, then the surplus will go into the, grid, the grid if you don't yeah. have batteries. That's right. yeah. Some people might have preferential deals on whether they get rewarded for that or not. Those deals uh, aren't as good now or even non-existent now than they used to be. But anyway, putting that aside. Now, the, the real way to be totally self-sufficient, of course, is to have that excess power charge a battery, which is you know sitting on the side of your house. How much yes. do they cost? So they fully installed, they cost around about $1,000 for every kilowatt hour of energy that they store. How so much do you need? You, need? you generally need between 10 and 15 kilowatt hours. So you're talking adding ten dollars to $15,000. How long does the battery last? Well, again, no one's really sure how long a home battery lasts because no one's had them that long, but oh. they are generally warranted for 10 years. So they're, they're promised that they'll last 10 years, and after 10 years it's more of a hope than a promise. But I would hope that they would last around 20 years before you have to get rid of them but that's that's just a guess mm. yeah the news from we were t- discussing this the other night with toby our motoring man about teslas because i mean this is the same thing with motor cars electric motor cars no one quite knows how long the batteries and those are going to last because they haven't been around that for long enough but uh, the news seems to be that after 10 years the news on the battery in an electric car is pretty good actually yeah so tesla have been making elect um modern electric cars since about 2012 Mm. and the data on how well those batteries are lasting is really really encouraging and that's based on you know batteries made over 10 years ago and the batteries have been getting better every year since then so every expectation is that a modern electric car battery will outlast the car Mm. do you have to one of my texters asking this do you have to uh, get council approval to put these things on your roof panels most people know if you're in a heritage area Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, check with your council because all councils are different, but it's very rare these days that council requires approval, mm-hmm. except in heritage areas. If you have a $15,000 battery, just back to batteries, on your yep. side of your house, plus your 10-kilowatt uh, array on the roof, yep. you're essentially off-grid, are you? Yeah, unless you're a very heavy energy user, you're essentially off-grid. Your solar will get you through the day, and that 10 to 15 kilowatt hours will get you through most nights, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So you're off-grid for at least... The life of the battery, which could be, given the panels have got 25-year guarantee, you're off-grid for the life of the battery, which is warranted for what, 15 years? Uh, the battery's warranted for 10, ten, years, ten years, usually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, how long... Well, sorry, we, we used to talk about a payback period, too, in terms of whether you're... If you're paying for electricity. Yeah. Electricity costs a fortune these days, as we all know. Yeah. How, how long is the payback period? So um, the payback period for solar panels alone um, mm. depends depends on those three factors I talked about before, but it's anywhere between, you know, at best about two and a half, three years. At worst, if you've got a really terrible feed-in tariff, uh, like you poor guys in Western Australia, um, and you don't use much electricity during the day, that can stretch out to seven or eight years. So anywhere between two and a half, best case, for the, this is panels only, up to seven or eight years. Batteries, um, it's different. So... If you're on a standard tariff, that's where you pay um, the same amount for your electricity 24 hours a day. Batteries can really struggle to pay for themselves, so you might might be looking at a 20-year payback. Right. But more and more people are getting be put onto time-of-use tariffs, and that's where you generally pay a lot more for electricity for the evening peak, which starts at about 3 o'clock, ends at about 9 or 10 o'clock. And you can pay up to 
I've seen 60, 65 cents a kilowatt hour in that period. So if your battery can charge up with the sun and can get you through that really expensive period and you're forced onto one of those tariffs, we're seeing batteries pay for themselves in about 10 years. Mm, okay. My house is three phase. Is that an issue? Says my texter. Uh, that's absolutely wonderful because that gives you a lot more opportunity to put more solar panels on. Generally, the rules around Australia, it depends on your local electricity network. There's 17, I think, different electricity networks, but most people are allowed to put up to 10 kilowatts of inverters per phase. So if you have a three-phase supply, you can have 30 kilowatts of inverters and about 40 kilowatts of panels, which is enormous. So you've got a lot of options, so that's good. Was says I got quoted $32,000 for a home battery. That must be an almighty big battery, is it? Uh, That's either a very expensive 10 to 15 kilowatt hour battery or that's a big battery, yes, like 30, 35 kilowatt hours, I imagine. Mm. Or you're getting ripped off. One of the two. Was has got a big shed full of cars, I know that. Speaking of cars, electric cars, uh, cars have got a very big battery in them. Well, if, depending on the size of the car, of course, but there's a substantial battery in the car. Can you use the battery in your car to power your house? Uh, in theory, yes. So an electric car will typically have about a 65 kilowatt hour battery. To put that in context, a Australian family might use 25 kilowatt hours a day right. in electricity. So, so yeah, you could run the car for three, but you could power your house for three days. You could. The problem with that, so that's called V to H, vehicle to home. Mm-hmm. Um, you need three things if you want that to happen. You need a special, it's called a bi-directional car charger. Um, there's two available in Australia at the moment, Wallbox Quasar and a Delta V2X. The problem is they cost about $10,000 ah, because okay. it's early days. These mm-hmm. bi-directional charges are very expensive, so you need one of those. Then you need a car that's capable of vehicle-to-home, um, so that's capable of discharging the electricity out of the um, socket as well as charging through the socket. And there's um, there's a Nissan Leaf does that and a uh, a couple of Hyundais do that, I think. So there's not many cars that do that. Unfortunately, Teslas, which are the most popular cars, they don't do that. So you need a car that's capable of it. And then thirdly, you need permission from your local electricity network to actually connect that all that to the grid if you're connected mm-hmm. to the grid, which most people are. There are there any problems with it? Uh, so the first V to G charger, the V to H charger that we know of in Australia was in South Australia in the Barossa Valley. I was up there a few weeks ago. And it took that gentleman, Joseph, three years to get permission from South Australian Power Networks. Okay, so we're a long way behind getting the, this being a thing. The good news is because Joseph, now Joseph's got permission, it should be much easier for others. But, yeah, it's mm. a new thing. So anywhere except South Australia, expect um, an interesting conversation with your mm. um, okay. local electricity network. Peter, we may have answered your question. Peter, you've got a Nissan Leaf, have you? Uh, no, well, I went to the dealer yeah. and he knew nothing about it. I've read about it in... Um, in a, a special in one of the newspapers mm-hmm. on you know the the potentials for for this, but um yeah the the Nissan dealer said oh well, I don't know anything about it. No. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like a great dealer, <laughs> Peter. But... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it was great info you just gave. Um, yeah. Sounds uh, like it's not as straightforward as as um no maybe. This was painted, yeah. yeah. It's emerging. It's very hard to do at the moment. It will it will become a, a common thing, I'm sure, in the next two mm. or three years. Okay. All right, thanks, Peter. <laughs> um, Audrey from Caulfield. G'day, Audrey. Hi there. Um, I'm wondering about uh, people in a situation like I'm in 
where I've looked into getting uh, solar panels on my roof of the little unit that I live in, but I've been told there's no point because I'll never get enough sunlight uh-huh. because of a, a big two-storey um, home right next to me. Um, and also, you know, there are eight households where I live in our in our little block. We have one shared driveway. If we get to the point where we can't have uh, petrol cars anymore, we're screwed because we won't be able to charge from our homes because we don't get enough sunlight and we don't have enough space to bring all our cars in. You know, like what I'm getting at is that a lot of these details don't seem to be very well thought through to me. Well, I think there's solutions. To, hopefully there's solutions to both those problems. So in term, you don't need solar to charge an electric car, obviously. You can charge it from the grid. And there are some really good um, electric car and time of use plans for um, that make charging your electric car very cheap. Um, for example, um, I think Origin's about to offer an electricity plan where you can have free charging for three or four hours during the day. There's other plans I've seen where it can go down as low as... I think about eight cents a kilowatt hour if you charge um, at certain times of the day. So you can still charge an electric car very cheaply if you're um, careful about which electricity plan you use. In terms of charging the cars, yeah, that's trickier. Where do you park your cars at the moment? We all park out in the street because we can't park on the property. There's not enough room. Yeah, so that's very common in Europe. And in Europe, there are lots of solutions for street um, curbside charging. Often there are little poles that pop out of the pavement um, that you can plug into. So Europe has that problem in spades and it's it's been solved over there. So it's um, I think it's only a matter of time before that comes Ooh. over here. I think these problems are, are solvable. Yeah, okay. but we can't... Uh, there's, we don't have the option of getting solar panels on the roof. So what happens when the price of non-solar electricity gets to a point where people like me can't pay for it? Yep. Well, it's obviously you need a roof that gets sunlight to get solar. The good news is that in South Australia, where I live, there's so much solar that you can sign up for what's called a solar sponge tariff. And that gives you really, really cheap electricity when everyone's solar panels are generating. So you're getting um, the benefit of cheap electricity during the day. So not quite as cheap as a solar owner, but then you don't have to buy the panels um, without having the panels. So all these Australians who are lucky enough to be able to put solar on the roof are making really cheap daytime electricity mm. available for other people through these so-called solar sponge tariffs. And that's the point, isn't it, too, isn't it, uh, Finn? I mean, it's not as though everyone has to you know, produce their own electricity. I mean, that'll be, that'll be impractical for lots of people. But, yeah, that's uh, right. You know, this, is not, this, this is not something everybody has to do. Sorry, Willem, you've been waiting on there for a bit. Willem from Ballarat? Uh, yes, um, I have a 13.2 kilowatt system that was put on last week, 32 yep. panels. Um, 10 kilowatt inverter. What are two questions? You've mostly answered the first one. Um, how much power is required to uh, charge up a hybrid or a full electric? And the second question is, how long do I need to wait for the inspector to come and turn the system on? Uh, so you're in Victoria. I don't know what the waiting times are at the moment, but I'd be surprised if it's more than a couple of weeks. Um, and your installer should have that information based on the waiting times where you are in um, in Ballarat, was it? They had no idea. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Mm. I think it's I think it's a couple of weeks, but um, I mean, your installer really should really should your, know your that. Your installer, I'd press them on this, Willem. Yeah, yeah. They, they should know that. I have. I've rung a couple of times, and they say that you're on the list. We don't know. Okay. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if there's a, if there's a, if there's a crunch in Ballarat at the moment for inspectors. That that might be the case, and it might be out of their hands. But yeah, sorry, I, I'm I'm not across the situation there in Ballarat in terms of charging your car. Um, most cars will charge at home anywhere between about two kilowatts and eleven kilowatts. Um, to charge at two kilowatts, you simply plug a mobile connector which is like a big energy brick that you get with the car into a normal regular socket but that's very very slow um, if you want to charge faster than that then generally you need to get um, a special circuit installed that can carry more current so a typical home charger will use 32 amps and charge at about 7 kilowatts so if you have a 70 kilowatt hour battery that will charge from empty in about 10 hours which is a nice time period because you know you're going to charge your car no matter how empty it is overnight. Um, I wouldn't recommend relying on, if you have a decent-sized EV, relying on just the standard socket because if you're charging at 2 kilowatts and you have a 70-kilowatt-hour battery, that's 35 hours to charge, <laughs> and that's painfully slow. Mm. Okay, thanks, Willem. Um, where are we? Oh, some uh, some text questions here. Uh, is there any progress on paint-on film as a solar panel, says John from Layla Park. I don't know. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, how long do solar panels with built-in inverters last? Says Peter from Mount Eliza. Uh, that's a good question. So they're micro. They're called micro inverters. Um, again, the best way to um, estimate that is to look at what warranties the inverter manufacturers are offering. So ninety odd percent of micro inverters sold in Australia are by a brand called Enphase. They come, I think, with a twelve-year warranty. So you're guaranteed right. for twelve years. Oh. Everything after that is more of a hope than a promise. Okay. Colin says, is there, if there's a choice between solar panels and solar hot water, what's better? Uh, that's a really good question. So about three months ago, I ripped the solar hot water off my roof and used that space for solar panels. So in my opinion, in my situation, um, the, my roof space was more useful for solar panels than for solar hot water. And now I heat my water with an electric heat pump, which is a type of water heating that's about three and a half, four times more efficient than standard electric hot water. So in my opinion, the answer is solar electricity because you can use that electricity to heat your water and when that's done, you can use it for all the other stuff like charging your car. Hmm. Uh, solar, heat, uh, solar heat pumps to heat your know, household hot water are a thing, but they're expensive, aren't they? The good ones are expensive. So mine, um, so we've got a family of five. It was a, it's a three hundred and fifty liter tank. I think it was mm-hmm. about five thousand dollars installed. Right. Um, so yeah, they are quite expensive, but they're incredibly efficient um, and they just work. And I, I see it as an investment in my home. Do they um, work by heating up a, a, a tank full of hot water? Do they? And there's a tank full of hot water there, rather than yeah, there's, rather so than got, what, a, what a lot of gas systems use at the moment, which is continuous hot water. Yeah, they're a storage system, so they heat a tank of hot water with an air conditioner in reverse. So they're right. using that's pulling the heat out of the air and putting it into the water, and that's a very efficient way to heat your water mm. with electricity. Okay, Rick from Casarina, back to calls. Hi, Rick. Oh, hi. Thanks for your, taking the call. It's a really interesting show. We have uh, about a five-year-old solar system in a house we bought two years ago, and we're wondering how often should we get it serviced, and and how much would that likely cost? And we're also interested in in putting in a battery. And so we would look at how much that would cost to install too. Okay, so if anyone that's just moved into a house, um, solar systems in Australia are installed to 
a wide range of standards and qualities. So I'd recommend finding a good local installer. They're going to charge you, I think, about $300 to do an inspection and give you a report. And that will tell you if they'll give you either reassure you that it's in great condition or it'll tell you what they recommend doing to bring it up to speed. In terms of adding a battery, so you can, you're probably looking at between, if you want a top of the range battery like a Tesla Powerwall, that can be. Um, connected to any existing solar system um, they are fully installed starting at about sixteen thousand dollars i think uh-huh. uh, or you can go for a cheaper battery and maybe save three thousand dollars on that great great mm. thanks very much okay thanks rick fiona from melbourne hi fiona hi look i've just got a question mm. um we've got a three-year-old solar um system and we've got a five kilowatt inverter 6.6 kilowatts of panels I'm just wondering if we get, can put more panels on. You can, but it start, it's very tricky often to add panels after the fact. Um, so depending on um, what your roof looks like, how much space there is on the roof to add panels, what kind of inverter you've got, um, you may be able to replace that inverter with a bigger one or you may be able to add solar panels with microinverters on or you may be able to add a second system altogether. Um, the reason is because it's a five kilowatt inverter, 6.6 yep. in panels, but in winter, because it's an east-west system, yep. we're not making the most of the northern sunlight. And yep. we, the maximum we can generate it on the most sunny day at any time is two and a half kilowatts. Yeah. Yes, you'll generate a lot less in winter. Unfortunately... Yeah, that's when our most, in Melbourne, that's when our major usage is in winter. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, the rules in Australia say that you can only put 33% more panels than your inverter capacity. That's why 6.6 kilowatts is such a popular size. It's 33% more than 5 kilowatts. Um, So you're going to, unless you add a battery, that rule goes out the window usually. Unless you add a battery, you're going to struggle to add more panels without either upgrading your inverter or adding a second inverter. Because we'd be breaching the rules? Yes. Ah, okay. (laughs) Unfortunately. All right. So we can't get more than two and a half kilowatts as it is. Well, you, you, you could add a second system, which would um, generate more in winter and more in summer. But it have to be a, separate, a completely separate system. Or get a bigger inverter, yep. Mm. Right. Can we get a... Uh, yeah, well, it would be a waste to replace the inverter because we've already got one. Yes, Yes, so you could add a second inverter. So you could, if you've got enough room, you could add another six. You could put more panels. System. You could put more panels and a second inverter on. If you've got space, yeah, an installer would have a look and scope that out and see what's possible. Right. Well, it's still an east-west system. So even if we added another five, if we had ten kilowatt of inverter, that yep. means in winter we'd still only be able to generate five kilowatts maximum. Uh, you'd probably get about six and a bit, but yeah, depending on where you are. Yeah, but you, yeah, generally you generate a lot less in winter depending mm. where you are in Australia for obvious reasons. All right. Thanks, Fiona. If your roof is facing roughly, well, a bit south or east-west, is it is it worth it, um, Finn, or not? So east-west definitely worth it. You'll Depends where you are in Australia to mm. give exact answers, but generally you'll generate about 15% less energy over the year on an east or west-facing roof, but you'll generate more in the morning and the evening, which is when most households use most of their energy so um it swings and roundabouts so east and west definitely worth it south it can be worth it 
um, but get a good installer to run the numbers. I've got solar panels on my south-facing roof. Um, they're actually very heavily shaded, so they don't generate much. But that's my old solar panels from 10 years ago. Instead of giving mm. them away or throwing them away or recycling them, I moved them to my less optimum roof faces. If, if your roof's got a gentle south slope, yep. can you get them stuck up on an angle so that they face north? The panel? Yeah, that's possible. Um, I personally really don't like the look of that, and it starts getting expensive. But yes, you can put them on racking and aim them north. Um, But generally, the cost of solar panels is so reasonable these days um, that you can... I'd just put them on the south-facing roof if it's a gentle slope and take the... um, The reduced... 25%... Mm. Energy hit up through the year. What is the what? That's right. Is it, so, what's the hit? About twenty five percent. It's about twenty five percent. It depends on how how steep, far, how much south, how, how much steep, steep is, the slope is. South, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so right. Given that Australia's north northeast aspect is the best aspect in Australia, uh, Greyman says, "Is there much difference between brands?" I think the answer is yes, and that's why they should go to your website, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, solar panel brands. As long as you use a good one that's well supported in Australia, you'll be fine. The difference between the premium solar panel brands. And the um, good budget brands is usually um, two specifications. It's usually degradation, which is because all solar panels will degrade over time, so they'll produce less power over the years. So the really top-of-the-range solar panels degrade about a quarter of a percent a year, and the good budget ones degrade about half a percent a year. Um, So that's degradation. You pay more, you get less degradation. Then there's a thing called the temperature coefficient of Pmax, which is a bit of a mouthful, but it's basically how well they operate in the heat. So solar panels work on light, not heat. They don't actually like heat. It makes them less efficient. And the better your coefficient, your temperature coefficient is, the less um, energy you'll lose on a hot day. Uh, The premium panels, uh, they probably lose about 0.4% per degree C. And the, uh, no, yeah, the premium ones probably lose about, I think, 0.29 and the, uh, the, Budget panels probably lose about 0.49, if hmm. I remember my figures. So, it, but that, in the scheme of things, you're really not going to notice unless you're monitoring them like a banshee. Hmm. Finn Peacock's with us, founder of Solar Quotes and the author of The Good Solar Guide. He's a Bible of information, and check out those. We'll give you some references in a moment. Check out his information. Uh, an electrical engineer with heaps of expertise in rooftop solar. Jane on the Gold Coast. Hi, Jane. Hi. Uh, this is really interesting. A friend was in Cairns and saw in someone's front garden a pole with panels on it. Hmm. So I wanted to know if you could put something like that on your balcony, because I understand you can have solar panels for camping. Can we put something like that on the balcony and run it into the system somehow in an apartment block without involving the entire apartment block? Uh, In theory, yes, you can. You'd need to get it done by a qualified solar installer. They'd need to make sure that the structure was compliant with the Australian standards, but... Um, and you'd need permission probably uh, to put have an array of panels on your balcony because it would look interesting. Um, but in, in theory, you could. In practice, yeah, you may have a few problems. Would it produce very much? Would it make a difference to the power bill, do you think? Uh, it depends how many panels you've got there. So a 400-watt um, panel, which is a typical... Uh, size these days will generate about 1.6 kilowatt hours of electricity a day. Um, so that's about 50 cents worth. So about 50 cents of electricity per day per panel. 
Not very much, is no. it? No, <laughs> and you might you might find your balcony disappears beneath the panels chain. That's I've just got this vision of you poking your little head out between the panels and saying, "Is the sun out yet?" <laughs> I thought I could plant it between the petunias and the, <laughs> and the herbs and things. That's right. Yeah, it is an issue, isn't it, Finn, for people in apartment blocks? Uh, you know, because essentially you've got to get the the whole body corporate to agree to put panels on the roof of the block. Yeah, that's right. So, um, I mean, I do know people that live in um, unit blocks and they get permission for, say say there's four units in the block, they get permission for to use quarter of the roof. Mm. That's one way around it. I know someone else that's actually um, rents part of the roof off everyone else for a kind of peppercorn rent and puts his panels on there. But, yeah, it makes it more complicated for sure. Mm. Same with strata getting um, getting charging points down in the garages of, of, of strata units too. Yeah, that can actually be very expensive. Yeah. Um, it, it's... Why is it so expensive? People have told me about this. And they, you know, they're talking sometimes talking tens of thousands of dollars. Why, why is that? It's only wiring, isn't it? Because it can be very expensive, um, depending on the structure of the building, to run all that dedicated wiring from the switchboard mm. down to the car parks. So it's just it's, there's, there's nothing technical about it. It's just no. A, it's just a big wiring. It's job. just a big wiring job, and that's yep. the number of hours required. Yeah, and then but then if if every, if lots of people are charging at once, it can also get very expensive to upgrade the supply to the whole building because, mm. like I said, electric cars can pull um, a lot of kilowatts. Yeah. Andreas says, Phil, has anyone been successful in removing a tree which has grown big enough to shade the panels, which are now in shade? Is yeah, there, that's is there a right to sunlight in Australia now? I. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. Um, I'm not a legal expert on these things, and I am a tree hugger, so it pains me to think about trees getting cut down. Yeah. Um, but cert- I mean, certainly people have cut down trees to um, to get more solar. Um, mm. it, it has happened, but I'm not an expert. Tony from Eltham says, Phil, I agree with your guess that an electric hot water system is the way to go, but I reckon it's way cheaper to buy a bare bones hot water system and extra panels than going for a more complex heat pump unit. Yes, that's that's a very rational option for some people. If you've got um, plenty of roof space and you've got plenty of solar electricity, um, then you can use what's called a hot water diverter, which scavenges, if you like, your spare solar and puts it into the hot water. And then you've got a very simple silent system mm. um, that's much, much cheaper than a heat pump. So as if you've got bags of spare solar and you get plenty of sunlight over winter when your hot water load's going to be higher then that can be a sensible solution, yes. Mm. Janet in Gippsland says, I find this hard to believe, the Victorian government are offering free heat pump hot water service replacements. I got one. Good. I replaced I... my old electric hot water service and it didn't cost a cent. Is that I... right? Yes, I, that is possible. I am sceptical about the quality of those systems. but Because yeah. um... I think, these, as you say, these units cost about five grand, don't they? Uh, the one my the brands I like cost about five grand installed. So, like I say, I'm yeah. very skeptical about very cheap systems. But I'd love to hear from people if they've had a good experience with those ones. I've I haven't heard many great stories about them, to be honest. Mm. Evie and Bermagui says, "Phil, I face south into the ocean winds, and I've got a flat roof. Are there additional safety issues to attaching panels?" That's a point. Is I mean, if you raise the panels up on a rack, I mean, does that act like a giant sail? And you, you know, I know you're not a builder, but no, there, is, there, is there a safety issue in terms yeah, of... Yeah, there's, there's an Australian standard for wind loading and that right. takes into account um, where the panels are um, and the solar installer will have to use racking that has an engineering certificate um, that declares that 
it is safe in that area for those wind speeds. Mm, okay. Um, Helmet on the Gold Coast. G'day, Helmet. Yeah, good evening, gentlemen. Actually, I you raised the question about a cheap system. Eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, I had a system installed, a 1.5 kilowatt system for $495. Mm-hmm. That was with a three kilowatt um, inverter and there were six uh, 250 watt panels. So since then, I've never had to pay an electricity bill. And thanks to the Queensland government, I managed to secure, when they were offering that contract, um, till 2028, 40 cents a kilowatt. And then depending who, what energy supply you go with, so I'm with one that it's offering 55 cents. So, and now that I'm a senior, with the uh, Queensland government also offering 91 cents per day towards your electricity bill, I'm on a winner there. But I haven't had any problems with the system in the eight and a half years. But um, I could double the panel size. And my question was, actually, I've got two questions. One is about washing the panels. Does that affect your... If you don't wash them, does it affect the amount of energy that... What's the um, answer to that? What's the answer to that, Finn? Um, Most people's panels, if they're over 10 or 15 degrees, will self-clean in the rain. Right. Um, So generally you may get 5 or 10% more energy out of them if you wash them, but it's generally you don't need to. You don't need to, yeah. And okay. go, go on, Cameron. Yep, and just the other question is, um, if I increase my number of solar panels to fully um, get that 3-kilowatt inverter working to its maximum capacity, would I lose the um, contract with the Queensland Government to the tune of $0.40 cents per kilowatt? Double check because I can't remember if in Queensland it's the premium feeding tariff is based on the panel array size or the inverter capacity. Um, um, okay. So do double right, check. Do yeah, because I've got room on the roof, but um, I thought I might as well make a bit of an extra quid. Mm. So, but yeah, no problems with the system so far. So, and that was the cheap. So that was a you know, start up, start up price, but they're no longer in business. Maybe because it was so cheap. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. But, but anyway. All right, Helmut. Thanks very much. Uh, g'day, Lynn. Yeah, how are you going? I'm enjoying the program, thank you. Good on and you, thank you. I'd just like to um, ask about the, or well, get an opinion about the vacuum uh, hot water. We had a panel for the hot water and we changed... You mean um, you had solar hot water? Yeah, we had solar, so, well, they're both solar, but they both use... Um, yeah, we had yeah, a but you were, you were heating panel. the water on the roof rather than with electricity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, just mm. heating it from the sun mm-hmm. uh, in either case. Um, but the solar only works when, I believe, when the sun's shining. If it's a really cloudy day, you don't get much benefit. Whereas the vacuum tubes, we change to them, it gets, it's hotter. Uh, in fact, we put a cover over it a lot of the time because to keep the temperature down, just with shade cloth, you can do that. And um, it's just been more efficient. We had to have a, uh, a supplementary electricity switch on, but with these with these tubes, we don't seem to need that. But we're just two seniors mm. uh, living in a home, so it's it's um, it's not high consumption of the water. We don't have teenagers sitting under the shower for mm. half an hour. Um, Okay, I let's just a... wonder about the difference between the two. What's his opinion about it? Because I hmm. think the vacuum tubes are definitely more efficient. What are these things, Finn? What are they? Yeah, so that's called evacuated tube solar hot water. Um, they used to be a lot more popular. That I haven't 
They seem very rare these days to see people put them on their roofs. Um, the two disadvantages were they were they were very expensive and they were fairly delicate. You saw broken tubes quite a lot. But if they're working well for you, that's great. Um, they are, and they are definitely more efficient than the flat plate solar hot water collectors. I've got two spare tubes, and I've never had to replace them. <laughs> That's good to hear. And well, we goodly. Yeah. And we don't get much hail here. Yeah. We're only 12 k's from the coast, so mm. okay. I think the other side of the hill will probably get hail more than we do. But I, they do stand up to a fair bit of hail, I've yeah. been told. Okay. Does hail damage... Thanks, Lynn. Does hail damage solar panels? Uh, we're going to uh, fire quite a few text questions here. Yes, absolutely it can. All solar panels have to as part of the international standards, go through a hailstone test where they drop a steel ball at a certain speed, I think it is, onto the glass, and they have to withstand that. But if you've got a really, you know, far-out hailstorm, yeah, that can that can rip through and destroy panels. Um, so make sure they're insured. Uh, Cameron from Tarumbo. We've nearly run out of time, Cam, but if you can keep it brief, we can take you. Hi. Oh, I've never been brief, Phil, but... <laughs> <laughs> No, quickly, I just want to say um, thank you to Finn. I've just used his services and he's put me in touch with a couple of local contractors for Toowoomba. I was also like the other fella and got in on the nice 40, I think it's 46 cents feeding tariff. And I got in the day before they dropped it to five kilowatts. So we got a 10 kilowatt system. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, nice. that worked out. That worked out to be quite nice. And now um, the solar installer is suggesting we put because um, Helmut's question, to go to Helmut's question about whether or not it's off the panels or the inverter, my solar installer says it can be either in Queensland. Um, uh-huh. And it just depends on when it was done and how it was written. And in my case, it's actually off the inverter. So he suggested we put in 13 kilowatts. Okay. All right. Okay, we'll have to leave it there, but go on. Yes, yes, Finn, just very briefly. Oh, it sounds like you're going to be printing money. <laughs> <laughs> What's now, Finn? Where can where can people go if they want more info? Uh, the best place to go is my website, solarquotes.com.au. So it's solarquotes.com.au. Yes. Okay. Solarquotes, one word. Yes. Solarquotes.com.au. Finn Peacock's been our guest. We've had him on before, as you can see, he knows everything. Uh, yeah, think about it. Lots of people are, and um, if you're getting renovations or repairs to your roof or whatever, uh, even if you're not. Have a think about it, but go to that website and, and lots and lots of your questions will be answered there. Finn, thanks for your time as always. Thanks very much, Philip. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.